At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Monday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. So we're going to talk about on today's show why the market just keeps going higher. It doesn't seem to really matter uh, how bad the news gets. Uh, the market is relentless. We've also entered the biggest week of the earnings season. So we'll talk, we'll give a preview of the biggest reports we're looking forward to this week and, uh, and how that could potentially impact the market here going forward. Our guest today is Ryan Craver. He's our retail expert. He's also the founder of Commerce Canal. He will join the show at 835 to give us his thoughts on the retail sector. In the meantime, I will throw it to Joel here. Joel, give us a quick recap of what happened here in the Sunday night session. Uh, good morning, Spencer. Happy Monday, uh, at least for the Bulls this morning. We're up 26 and a quarter handles at 28.55.75. Had a little dip off the open, but uh, not low enough to get me long. Went to 12.75. We turned it around, took out the highs from uh, Thursday and Friday, got up to 28.65. We backed off there. 10 handles. I'll just give you the high from last week. That was 75 and a half. And then that Friday high on the Gilead news was 28.85, both within striking distance. Oh, crude. June crude just getting lit up like a Christmas tree here. Down 22.5%, $3.83. It's down at 13. It just keeps going down. I'll just call it 13 bucks. Uh, restrictions on the June contract for liquidation only, and that is what they're doing. They are just liquidating. Uh, looking at your July and your uh, August, they're down, not nearly on the same percentage. So they're trying to keep that juice in there, but uh, you got to think when it comes to the front month contract, you're going to get hammered no matter what. Uh, gold. Tight range down 440 at 1731.20. Silver going the opposite way this morning. Uh, silver's up 1.7 cents at 15.28. And uh, I took Bitcoin off my screen, but that's inching towards 8,000. The futures are up $195 at 7,790. Triple D, you said buy the dip. I mean, is there, are, you know, is that still the mantra? Yep. That's, 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 that's still the mantra. That is working better than it ever has. I mean, let's take Intel, for example. 
And look, you know, when we were getting dips and, you know, the markets were buying the dips, think about, you know, Intel going back to last year and they disappointed in that one quarter. And, you know, at least it took a week or two for the stock to come back to where it was. So Intel loses five or 6% on Friday. We talk on the pre-market show and I'm like, there's money managers that are underinvested and they're probably going to buy this dip too. Um, I did not buy the dip on Intel. I did on Target. But if you were so inclined to just come in and buy the random dip on Intel, you are rewarded immediately. You don't have to wait a you know you don't have to wait a week or two to get your you know your money back. You don't have to wait a day or two to get your money back. The stock comes and closes green. So this is just the market that it is. It's the buy, ultimate buy the dip market right now. Every time we dip on anything. It feels like, except those, except the stocks, so I'm going to put a little asterisk, except for the stocks that are at ground zero, like the airlines, the casinos. Now, although the casinos, they started to buy the dips on those too. So, but there's certain stocks that have been ignored, but for the most part, if you're a company that is somewhat sound and not directly impacted by this, buy the dip has been working better than it ever has before. Target last week, Intel. Just keep looking through the examples. And the overall S&P, I mean, overnight, same story. You get a dip. You think crude's getting killed. S&P's bound to probably go down, and it does go down for a little bit. But nah, we'll find the silver lining somehow in this silver lining lit up market, and we'll buy it right back again. So this is the market that we're in. They are completely ignoring all fundamentals now on everything because you know when you analyze the fundamentals it is not pretty the earnings season really has been ugly yes the bars were low but you take those numbers and you look at what has been reported and the numbers obviously have been absolutely terrible and they're not going to get any better in the second quarter and you know you look at crude imploding COVID. okay well maybe we're starting to see a little bit you know we flatten the curve but still we're a long ways from getting the hell out of this thing market cares about none of that market just cares that we're underinvested. And this is the market you just have to own, and we're buying no matter what. And that's what continues to happen. Uh, just looking at that intel, we did look at the way it was trading in the pre-market session, and it never got that low. In fact, if you were looking at the opening print of 56.20, you bought that, you went upstairs, got a cup of coffee, you took absolutely no heat. The low was at 56.10. Ended up closing near the highs for the session. But, uh, I mean, maybe uh, I'm just trying to be forward-looking here and saying maybe the market knows that we just don't need oil and we don't need oil companies and that this was something that eventually was going to happen and that, you know, we're just it's just happening now in a vacuum with the COVID-19 and we're going to be solar and electric dependent, you know, sooner than we think and crude crude futures won't even be traded because it, they won't even no one will need crude <laughs> we don't need crude anymore who needs crude we don't need crude i, I mean that's what the market's telling me Dennis. no we don't even though they're going to be dirt cheap <laughs> i well, i it's unbelievable that we can ignore crude now too obviously the markets you know got hit on it a little bit last week where we had the negative crude price but uh, uh, this market is so resilient. I mean, you just think, if you were to say, just stop, you know, and say you went on a desert island for the last year or even six months, and you were to say, here's what's going to happen in 2020. We're going to get a world pandemic where the global economy is going to come to a standstill intentionally so that nobody gets sick and dies. You know, 5% of, you know, people who are getting this thing, you know, so far are, are, are dead. 
Now, obviously, those numbers are going to go down because we know there's a lot of asymptomatic cases. But you know, even say if it's one percent, um, it's significant. So we're going to have a we're going to have a huge pandemic. Oil is going to implode, and Bullish. you know, we're going to see cruise lines and all the economy shut down, and nobody's going to leave their home. Would you think, you know, if you were one year ago and where we were on the SPY one year ago is exactly where we are today, would you think the S&P would be flat year over year with all of that information? Oil's going to implode and we're going to get a global pandemic economy. Unemployment's going to go to record highs and the S&Ps are going to be flat year over year. Would you think that's possible? It is. It is, it is possible. Would I predict of it? No. I mean, that's the reality we're in. That's the reality we're in. And okay, people hate it when I say about the mortality. And obviously, we're looking at the cases right now. And that's where, you know, in Italy, it's running 10%, 5%. So we're just throwing out the numbers. I'm not making the numbers up. But we know the numerator. We, we know we've obviously got the numerator and the denominator. We know that we don't know about a lot of asymptomatic cases. So we know the number is eventually going to come down. But we also don't know how some of these unresolved cases are going to resolve. But people who are saying that it is just the flu are being proven immediately wrong in New York. Because you want to know in New York City, 0.2% of the population is dead from COVID. 0.2%. Wrap your head around this. 0.2% of the population in New York is currently dead from COVID in New York City. So the flu's death rate for the last decade has been 0.1. So even if nobody else gets it, all the, all the people who currently have it don't die, and nobody else in New York City gets it, it's still twice as deadly as normal flu. We know a lot of the cases, the 155,000 current cases in New York City, some of the people are probably going to die from that. We also know that there's probably still going to be some more people that get it. But if you assume that every single person in New York City has it and nobody else is going to die, the death rate would still be twice as deadly as the normal flu. It's Scott Gottlieb has been spot on. You know, if you don't follow him, you should be following him on Twitter. He's, he's guessed that it's going to be somewhere between 1% and 2%. I'm going to listen to him. I think he's probably right. You can see where the numbers are starting to fall. We don't know the asymptomatic cases, but we know the death rate is not 10% because of that. So it's going to come down. Um, you know, it's going to come down where New York City is, I don't know what it's running, 5 or 6%. It's going to come down because we don't know there's asymptomatic cases. But it's never going below, b- below 0.2 because we're already at 0.2 on a nom- They're dead. So those people aren't coming back to life. So it's never going to down below 0.2. That's the absolute minimum it can be in New York at the current numbers. So not even at the current numbers, at the numbers, unless, you know, there's people in New York City that we don't know that exist. So saying the population numbers are wrong because you've got, what is it? The, the numbers like 13 or 16,000 dead over 8.8 million. Anyways, that's where we're at. So it's already, we know it's more deadly than the normal flu. We know that, but, but Dennis, but, is, so, but the, curve, the, the curve is flattening, which For is, sure. right, which is undeniably that's happening. And that's great news. And there are only, and I use that term, you know, lightly, there are only, uh, 1,100 new deaths reported yesterday uh, across, sure. across the U.S., which is a lower number than, we, than we've been they, Yeah, that's better news than we've been getting. We, we, have great, we knew this was happening, and this is still part of the flattening the curve rally. This is whole rally has been – I tweeted that out three weeks ago when we started to see the numbers a little bit better. Are we going to have a flattening the curve rally? We've had the flattening the curve rally. The flattening the curve rally might continue for a while. This is the bull scenario. Short term, you could see. Like, I'm not saying go out here and sell all your stocks. 
I'm, I'm laying out that they're ignoring the long-term picture here, and they might ignore it for a long time. The short-term picture doesn't look that bad. George is opening. We're starting to open some stuff up. The curve's flattening. Less people are dying. What does it all mean, though, in six to eight weeks when we just reopen everything? Does you know, everything just go back to normal? I don't think so. Bring up the CBS survey from the weekend, and this is what I've been talking about on this show for a long time. So the CBS survey, um, this was done, um, I just saw this on my Twitter account over the weekend, but bring it up and show it. And it, 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 it's just making the point that I've been making, that even if, even if we lift all restrictions, and this is what people are calling for, let's go back to normal. If we lift all restrictions, this was the survey. This isn't some small, this is CBS. It's a fairly significant company. We've heard of them. We've heard of CBS. So it says, if stay-at-home restrictions were lifted, would you be comfortable going to a bar or a restaurant? 29% of people said yes, 71% no. So if the government said, it's all good, you guys can go to your bars and your restaurants, only 29% of people would go, 71% would not. They said, would you get on an airplane? Only 15% of people said yes, 85% said no. And would you go to a large event like a hockey game or a baseball game or a football game or a basketball game or a concert? Large event, only 13%. So if the government said it's okay to go to a concert, only 13% of respondents said they would go, 87% said they wouldn't. So all I'm saying is if you want to reopen everything, and there's a margin of error they're saying of 2.5 points in there. So let's say it's a low, at the low end, it's 84% of people really, you know, at this time, obviously, people are still spooked. And yes, those numbers will go down as we reopen and people slowly get their confidence back. But they're not going to get it back in a week or two. I, and there's going to be people like me that are probably going to stay away from those large events and those airplanes for maybe years until I know that I have something like a vaccine that I'm not going to get sick and my family's not going to get sick. So it's absurd to think that we're just going to go back to our normal way of life because the government says you can. It's not going to happen. In, in two years, maybe, but it's not going to happen. But what happens to all these restaurants, these airlines, um, you know, and, and everything else that is obviously you know, a more risky event where people congregate together? What happens to those businesses in the short term? Can they survive a year or two of earnings that are going to be significantly below where they were? I don't know the answer to that question, but that's what you're doing if you're buying stocks in a long-term portfolio and just loading up here right now, saying we're going back, that's, um, that's what you're saying, is that we're going to go back to normal. I don't think so, and that's why I still stay with a significant amount of cash in my long-term portfolio. With that being said, as a trader, how can you be short this market? It shrugs everything up. I'm not saying, oh, I'm going to short this market. I have no shorts on, nothing except hedged positions. And I'm still long in my long-term portfolio. Why? Because this market just trades Market's on its own telling line. you what to, yeah. Um, you can't fight it. Oil's getting rocked today. I mean, imagine you were short over the weekend. Oil comes in down another 20%. We're up 1%. It's a hard market to fight. It almost feels just manipulated to the higher, and it is. It's manipulated by the Fed. We know that, obviously, through indirect means. But it's been manipulated higher. It's been, you know, so it's a difficult market to short. So, but I'm not confident to just go and, go all in. I'm rebuying all of my spy that I sold at 3.30 before this thing started because we're just going back to normal. I, I'm not confident enough in that because I do think eventually, you know, logic could, could win here. And I don't think we're out of the woods by any means. I want to go back to my normal life. I would love to go back to my normal life. I hate not being able to go to a restaurant, not being able to watch a hockey game, you know, not being able to do certain things. But it's not the reality that we're in right now. And maybe we're going to be in that reality in six months. The one, uh, the one wild card is if we get a therapy that works. The vaccine is not coming next week. 
The vaccine's not coming by the end of 2020. Listen to the epidemiologists, listen to the doctors. They're not coming out with a vaccine in any time soon. What we need, though, and what the wild card is, is like a Gilead therapy work. If Didn't Gilead worked, get downgraded? That could help. Didn't Gilead yeah, get downgraded? Yeah, doesn't even matter. Do ratings matter? Ratings don't matter. Stocks get downgraded. They don't go down. So, you know, Tesla got downgraded to sell last week. The stock was bloody trading higher. So, um, Gilead, yeah, Gilead gets downgraded. I don't know what, you know, I'm long Gilead, full disclosure. Okay. I, I think the trials are going to do better than the, what that Chinese report showed. So I well, still there's also it. a report this morning out of Japan that uh, the Japanese may approve remdesivir in May for coronavirus. So I saw so, that too. Yeah. So that might be helping to offset the downgrade today. But who downgraded it? The UBS. We're not listening to anything UBS says right now. UBS downgraded. B, 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 here, here's how much analyst ratings matter right now, Joel. This is the, 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 the completely – we don't even ignore fundamentals. We ignore analysts now too. Analysts, Beyond Meat downgraded to sell today. In any normal market, Beyond Meat would be down 10% on an analyst, a major analyst like UBS coming downgrade to sell. Beyond Meat is trading up two bucks on that downgrade to sell. They don't care. Nobody's listening to analysts here now. They've been wrong the whole time. Ratings, you know, it seems like, and sometimes they look at them, sometimes they don't. But for the most part in this market, they don't care about anything. Beyond Meat is up two and a half dollars, and the analysts from UBS downgraded to sell today, and it's trading up. I think you got some fundamentals going on there a little bit, Dennis. The people that are, you know, with these meat packaging plants closing down. You had the China deal last week. So is that good for Beyond Meat? That yeah, actually, I, I do want to talk about this. Uh, I'll, pull over, I'll pull over a chart of Tyson here because a lot uh, of ink has been spilled about what's happening in with the the meatpacking industry in the U.S. right now. Uh, JBS had to close a plant in Colorado. Uh, there was a plant that was closed in Iowa as well. Uh, this, the board member of Tyson came out and said that the supply chain has been disrupted. They're killing uh they're they're depopulating chickens in 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 Maryland because they have nowhere for them to go in Delaware because the supply chain is so screwed up right now. There's nowhere for them to go right now, so farmers are having to depopulate. I mean, I, I think the, the, they're saying the supply chain is disrupted, and um, I haven't really seen too much. I haven't seen too much written just about the implications of of the trading implications of this, but I, I wouldn't be surprised. If if we get some follow through in Tyson and the other uh, meat uh, follow through on the downside, you mean? Yeah, yes, yes, meat yeah. production stocks out there because the supply chain for meat in the U.S. seems to be screwed up right now. In so, any yeah. regard, when fundamentals don't matter and you're trying to build a fundamental case to buy or sell a stock, it's tough. It's tough, you know. Whatever, Beyond Meat's in a squeeze again. Yeah, nothing else matters. They're squeezing them. The thing's downgraded to sell today. You can put whatever fundamental analysis you want behind it. It's squeezing it. WLL goes bankrupt. The stock went up 200, 300% last week. Not even. Went up 500% last week when it was bankrupt. Went from $0.32 cents to $2.39. It did. It's probably still going to zero, but it's going to screw everyone that's short the stock first. So this is how it works. Like Diamond Offshore is going bankrupt. Announced it over the weekend. They're halted right now. Stock's at $0.36. Cents. I'll tell you, I'm not shorting it at $0.36. Cents. I saw what happened to WLL. So again, in our book, we say don't short stocks under a dollar because ugly things happen. Even when the companies go bankrupt, they don't necessarily go to zero right away. So it's difficult to trade based on fundamentals. You have to trade based on what you see. So put your trading hat on 
And with your trading hat, this market is not a short right now. Then market actually from a technical basis, let's bring yeah, on our technical There's absolutely nothing, nothing technical in this. I was talking with a buddy of mine and we were looking for some setups last night and he was just like, I just got to find somewhere to buy. I just, I there's nothing, you know, nothing that, you know, and of course, I mean, there was some good set. I mean, obviously the dip had gave you a nice setup, but uh, would have been a nice setup overnight that I didn't uh, capitalize is you went through Thursdays and Fridays highs. You did that early in the session and then you puked it out. But then that second time you came back through that area, boom. I mean, you never look back. And here we are, you know, five points off the high of the pre-market session. Let's just see what we can do at uh, 75 and a half. That was your weekly high. And then your high from the uh, a week ago Friday uh, that when we got the Gilead news and um, – I can't remember where there was, oh, some Boeing news that day. We got to 2885. So that's 25 handles away. So it's within earshot. I think you have on the pullbacks, you have managers and people that did not buy the dip that are trying yeah. to redeploy. And then I'm the, trying to redeploy. Not just managers, it's people like me. I'm sitting with a lot of cash. Every time a stock is dipped, so I bought Target on the dip. I'm using the opportunities, the dips to rebuild my portfolio because the market's telling me that I'm wrong. And it's going to continue to ignore fundamentals and just go up no matter what. So I want to participate in that somewhat. So I don't want to be all in, but so, it's so Dennis, thing. so Dennis, you were asking to me on the pre pre market show, you know, who's coming in and buying here? I it am could right exactly. <laughs> I, I like could they could it be the Fed? Could it be the record number of infl of all the money that went into money money market funds yes. last month? Yes. All the money, all the billions of dollars in money market funds uh, as of last month. Where's that money going now? People are screwed. That think all you're just sold there? at the bottom. I sold at the top, and I feel like I'm screwed. <laughs> I sold you. We know. I talked about it on the show. I sold all about stuff in January. I feel like I'm screwed because I didn't get the low. So I'm trying to rebuild it. I sold a lot of stocks. I'm sent with too much cash. And, you know, now I obviously I've, I brought it down. I, I was 75 or 80%. I brought it down. You know, I've got a lot of stocks in there. Uh, but I continue to, like, I should have bought the Intel. I'm kicking myself. I said it on the show. I should have bought it on Friday. I mean, I don't know. The one is it thing a long-term this market, play or is it a swing? As a swing or a long-term play? Well, I'm trying to rebuild both. I'm try but I'm trying to rebuild the long-term portfolio. I'm trying to get some of my cash to work because I, I would not be surprised. This market is so crazy. So this market is so disconnected from reality, and it is so hungry to own stocks at any cost. I would not be the least bit surprised if we made all-time highs. It would you not know, even uh, surprise me. I know you think it's impossible. No, I, I, no, I would have, I would have faded that uh, a while ago. But I would have too. Yeah, I did. <laughs> but I tell you, I look at the setup here. So let's just forget about everything fundamental. Let's take our fundamental hat off and throw it in the garbage because that's what it's worth right now in this market. It's absolute garbage. The analyst analyzing anything on fundamentals. It's forward-looking, Dennis. Almost useless. It's forward-looking. Next to useless. So let's look at the technicals, Joel. What do you see in this? I see a classic cup and handle pattern in the S&Ps. I think we're ripping a 300. Yeah, 3, barring, barring, you know, uh, uh, some, some type of like, you know, everybody starts getting. You, the one thing the bulls would really get hammered on is if the people who are supposedly recovered start getting sick again. And we are seeing a few cases of stuff like this. But if, let's just say Tom Hanks all of a sudden got sick again. That would spook the market. Let's just say, you know, um, who, who is it? Durant that's got it too? Kevin Durant? 
No, no. I th- no, one of the basketball, one of the big basketball players had it. I forget who. Uh, Wasn't Durant? Rudy Gobert. Uh, oh, was, there was somebody was, bigger. There I thought was, Kevin Durant there was someone had it. bigger, or maybe. I can't keep tra- keep track. I can't of this keep point. track either. Was Durant? I thought he had it. Maybe you're right. I don't know. I'm I, uh, it yeah, been. Kevin Durant has it. He did. Okay. He did. All so right. let's just say all of a sudden Kevin Durant got sick. Now you'd be spooked. So if you get somebody that is supposedly recovered. You know, Chris Como on CNN, who's on the road to recovery, if somebody gets, you know, sick, that would spook the market. So that would derail the bear thesis or the bull thesis in a hurry. But just take out all fundamentals, throw them in the garbage, because that's what they're worth right now. And look at this from a technical basis. Joel, what do you see? I see like a cup and handle. We just lost Joel for a second. So Joel will be back with us. But I see a cup and handle ready to rip it to 300. Craig Johnson on our show. You know, it's taken you two and a half weeks. You know what? You almost got me on your side here now. So I'm buying dips. I'm buying dips until the market proves me wrong. And, and I would say you buy dips until you take out that 272 spy. So if you're trading on technicals, you always have to have an out. Know where your out is. If we turn around on two, and, and start to tank for whatever reason, something happens bad, maybe Gilead drug fails but even when the gilead drug was looking like it failed on friday they weren't hitting the market that hard but something happens you know that significantly spooks the overall you know health crisis it's got to be health related too with the COVID. we take out 272 on spy that would be my out so if i'm buying here today i would stop out below 272 on spy it's a hell of a long stop away that's why i like to buy on dips i don't like to buy it today when we're ripping up another 30 handles on imploding oil uh, but i tell you man this market just wants to go higher um, I just got disconnected there, but I, I don't think I missed anything, right? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm throwing the fundamental hat. When I'm trading now, I take my I fundamental I hat and I throw it in the garbage. I'm going to stay with my, you know, I'm probably never going to get over 50% cash because I'm still nervous of this long-term scenario that we're not nearly out of the woods here yet. But from a trading perspective, I am biased long. I'm going to keep buying dips on stocks because it continues to work. And I'm saying if you're buying here today, I'd stop out below that low that we got last week, 272 yeah. on the SPY. You got a clean setup here. So it buy, again, again, buying dips. I'm not buying. We're up 30 handles. But, you know, the dip overnight, where did we get down to? About 270. Where did we get down to? Uh, down 20 well, handles. Yeah. yeah. So we're up 50 the, from the lows today. Yep. Uh, 20, they call it 2813 in the S&Ps. I don't think uh, the spiders were open when they made that low, but uh, let me uh, let me see. The 4 a.m. open, I'm sure, was the low in that. Did you get up this morning, Dennis, for that or no, not? No. no. I actually slept in. I didn't even get up till after 7 o'clock. Well, I was awake because my kids were awake, but I didn't come to my office and start trading until after 7 o'clock here today because I didn't have a lot of positions on from Friday night. And I know how hectic the weeks get, so I decided to take it easy and not try to trade a four in the morning this morning. Uh, here's, here's an interesting stat I just saw come across my Twitter from a few minutes ago. Uh, this, sure. is, this is from the TSA, okay? Uh, yesterday, 128,875 travelers went through TSA checkpoints at airports nationwide. That is the most people screened by TSA in a single day since April 3rd. So more people flew yesterday than at any point since April 3rd. Uh, New York uh, is talking about a reopening the upper two-thirds of the state. New Jersey is going to present a plan today uh, as far as reopening. We are yeah. getting within a couple weeks of the current uh, deadlines for the stay-at-home orders. A lot of them end uh, um, May 15th. So That's where we're at. 
that's where we're at, May 15th, right? Now, Wisconsin did uh, extend, I believe, until a little bit later in May. But, uh, you know, so far, the, you know, the social distancing and um, I just I, I made a comment to a couple of you guys last night. Uh, my wife has a partner in her office uh, that was volunteering uh, at a COVID unit uh, in Detroit and her or in Novi and they her last day was yesterday. They they have cut down on the patients in the unit. Detroit's been real hard hit, and uh, they're not doing a you know a lot of other things in the hospitals now. Actually, the hospitals. Lisa sent another uh, patient in for appendicitis, and she went in there, and the emergency room was pretty empty. You know, they're because they're not doing these other procedures, not doing anything. So, you know, those are the kind of signs that you know the market wants to see. And what Dennis is talking about is, you know, if everything restarted tomorrow, can we get back to the point where we were, let's say, back in January with the consumer spending? That's hard to imagine. That is very, very hard to imagine. But doesn't even matter though. It doesn't. Because the market thinks we're going to get there eventually. And as long as the market thinks we're going to get there eventually, stocks are going to continue to go higher. I, I'm bullish stocks. I, I'm bullish stocks because the te- the fundamentals, you got to take the fundamental hat, like I said, throw it in the garbage because it doesn't even matter. The bar is so low for everything. You know, every earnings company that's missed by a landslide, a lot Las Vegas Sands can report disaster numbers, stock goes up. I mean, it starts to leak a little bit. And again, I don't want to own the stocks that are at ground zero for this thing. I'm not going to go out and buy oil companies right now when, you know, we got random ones that's going bankrupt. But when you're buying companies, the, the tech stocks with cash or, you know, even, even the FANG, I mean, even the companies like Shopify and Amazon that have been, you're being rewarded. Uh, so, that, that, that brings us to this week here. That's a good segue into this week because it, it sure. is, it is uh, ground zero of earnings here. We're going to get uh, a number of big earnings reports this week, starting uh, starting tomorrow, really. We're going to get Southwest before the open, uh, Pfizer tomorrow after the close is AMD, Alphabet, Starbucks. Wednesday, we're going to get uh, Facebook after the close, Tesla after the close, Microsoft after the close, Qualcomm, eBay. Uh, yeah. on, th- on Thursday is Apple, Amazon, Twitter. So a massive Friday is ExxonMobil. So a massive week. Uh, on the earnings front, and we know they're going to be bad, but I guess the entire some to sum up in the last half hour doesn't really matter. Doesn't matter. I'll tell you, on these stocks, there's going to be some bad earnings reports, and there's going to be some stocks get hit off the you know the news algo. You know, just like Intel last weekend, people just saying this is too bad. I don't want to own this stock. Those are the buying opportunities. I'm going to continue to buy good companies on dips. I'm not buying ExxonMobil on the dip. Not saying Exxon is a bad Correct. company, but it's in the wrong industry. The wrong industry. So maybe ExxonMobil, you know, is going to rip up higher here eventually, but there's easier money. You know, and obviously we've talked about the banks. The banks did not participate. There's problems with the banks too, because they got a lot of bad loans going to come their way. So, you know, stay away, stay into companies that can survive if we are in a lockdown for longer and you know people are hopeful we're going to get out. I'm hopeful we're going to get out too. But I'm still buying companies that you know like Target, you know look at what I've bought, Activision, Blizzard, Microsoft. Companies that are going to survive even if we have to stay in a lockdown longer than we think. Those are the we, companies that I want to buy. Google, I'll buy Google on a pullback. I own it already. I would buy more Google on a pullback. 
just got a little bump, just another it, just another jump in the S and P's. There, we climbed over twenty eight sixty, uh, just off the highs of the pre market session. I don't know what our imbalances are or whatnot, but they're buys. Um, of course, yeah, they're buys. a little bit to the buy side here. Lots uh, so, of the buy side. Someone mentioned someone mentioned GDP this week, but I think you know, like the worse it is, the better it is for the market. It seems <laughs> like right. <laughs> <laughs> right? You want it that. doesn't matter. It and what if it comes matter. out and it's not that bad? They'll really buy them. <laughs> this market. Well, it's it is also, the most resilient market I've ever seen in my life. It's, uh, well, you know, this quarter. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, it, it counted for two thirds of it. We got Ryan Craver uh, from Commerce Canal coming on to talk about the retail stocks. And you talk I got to hear his thoughts on Yeah, Shopify. the stocks caught in the crosshairs of this. Uh, a lot of people are talking about Zoom. And uh, it got hit. It got hit on Friday. Uh, we had the what the the news that it was going into the triple Qs, and then Facebook threw the old uh, whammy at it, and uh, it's trading down again this morning. Boy, oh boy, tough looking chart. You're starting to find support in the pre market. Dennis is not. This is not a dip for you to buy in this one, right? It's one hard. Three. It's Whew. hard. I like the dip when it was coming down to that 110 area. This is hard now. This it's, is, yeah. Because it got overdone. So you got a reversal there. But again, well, this is the story over for Zoom? Probably not. But again, if we're coming out and the market's going to start ripping, these are counter and people, you know, I, I just want to keep saying that some of these stocks will trade ops at the market. You know, they don't always trade ops at the market. And obviously, they've been going up and the market has been going nowhere. But if the market really starts to rip, Zoom, Teladoc, those aren't going to be the stocks that are going to rip higher. Those stocks could actually sell off. I would be taking profits in Teladoc here. If I was in TDOC and it just had this run in a week and a half from $130 to a big 200 psychological number, and we already saw Zoom go down and Teladoc's trading up four bucks here again this morning, I would be taking profits in Teladoc if I was in it. I'm not in it, but I would be taking profits in that because um, if the market turns around and starts tanking, these stocks go up. So they really are kind of moving opposite to the market. Wow. Um, but I think I've just laid out a scenario that we could be going to SPY 300 soon. So I think these are the stocks that could actually go down in that environment. I don't want to own those stocks in that case. Although the one other one I do own is Peloton. I still believe. When does Peloton report? Spencer, can you go to the pro? I can. I own Peloton. I rebought it again because I bought this pullback and I got it. We got that one too. May six. I I feel like they're going to blow it away. May six after the close. You know, I know everyone's been making fun of me for months on the show because of the Peloton, but I tell you right now, thank God I have it. I'm getting some good workouts, uh, banged up my knee a little bit, uh, doing some other things, but there's other exercises. And I know a lot of people that haven't bought the bike that are using the app and they get it for 30 day free trial. Then you can buy the app. I mean, you know, you talk about like, in that survey, did they uh, ask how many people are going to go to their gym? Right? How many people are going to want to go to the house planet? Uh, I, I think the Peloton, I, I, I've, I laid out the Peloton scenario, um, you know, before COVID started six months ago. The bearish scenario that, you know, it's a bike with an iPad on it and, you know, eventually the, the Lustro Fate. But you got to reanalyze. You got to always be changing as you go. And you know, you throw Peloton into a COVID environment. It's bringing the gym to you. So exactly. there, I, 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 I'm fully on board with the Peloton bull thesis as long as COVID is still out there. 
And, you know, maybe it changes if we, you know, COVID goes away, we get a therapy that works, we get a vaccine, maybe that changes. But I think short term, I like, I'm long it, I'm sticking long it just for the earnings report. So we're coming in, I think it could have a run up before the earnings report as into people anticipate that they probably have some demand. I would think there's some demand going there. I was hearing that they couldn't even keep up with the demand. I don't know if that's true or not, but somebody was saying that on, on Twitter that, you know, that the, the waiting list for Peloton is a long time right now because the demand is so high. It probably bodes well for the earnings report. So just reading between the lines, and you think about the low bar that all these other earnings companies have, Peloton probably has a higher bar because people are expecting it to be pretty good. I think they're going to have a really good report. And that's why I'm staying long Peloton. I don't know if I'm going to have to get, if it runs up way before the earnings report, maybe I'll sell it because it gets priced in. But as of right now, I'm probably going to try to hold it through the earnings report because I think the earnings report's going to be good. So just, you know, it's a more of a swing trade for me, not a long-term investment, but with a little longer time frame. It's a COVID play. Some of the COVID plays are getting hit, but this one, you know, is still got the earnings coming. There's potential that this thing could do pretty good in this earnings report, I think. Uh, I wonder if our guest has thoughts on Peloton. I'll bring him on right now. Ryan Craver is our retail expert. He's also the founder of Commerce Canal. Ryan, have you bought a Peloton in the past couple months? I actually bought a Peloton about uh, nearly two years ago. So I've been uh, paying those subscription fees for a while. I actually completely agree with you. I think there's going to be a strong run-up into earnings. Um, you know, anecdotally, everyone I talk to seems to be either buying the bike or, like you said earlier, uh, using another version of a bike and then paying the, the software as a subscription right now. I think we're going to see something that's very similar to what we saw with Netflix, where a number was a lot bigger than estimates and it had a run up prior, but then sold off as the estimates materialized. Such a simple thing, too. I mean, if you th- I mean, I know the technology that goes behind it and everything, but you know, basically a bi- I, you know, a workout bike with a sophisticated computer. Well, I don't know how sophisticated it is, but um, yeah, no. Uh, full disclosure, I have that one too. Uh, really, don't have a target on the upside Stop. or plan on selling it. But let's let's just talk about like Shopify or. Amazon, I mean, you know, these companies, and I know you've liked them both over the past here. I mean, could you have even predicted the, the kind of acceleration? And if you look at it, like if people are shopping on, it, nothing makes sense, but that's fine because you can still just trade what's in front of you. But if everyone's going to be buying from Amazon, watching Netflix and ordering from Wingstop, then, you know, and, why, and, and playing, uh, you know, Fortnite or whatever in Activision, that just doesn't really coincide with what the stock market's doing right now. I hear you. I, I can't say I'm shocked by Amazon. I think the Amazon run-up makes a lot of sense. Um, even though they are probably losing some of their business to the other brands that are able to ship direct to consumer, as well as Walmart and Target, who have seen uh, a lot better shipment times, go figure. You would have never thought that Amazon would be beat on, on shipment uh, turnaround. Um, but Shopify, uh, stratospheric craziness. Um, yes, I believe that e-commerce uh, is, is the growth platform for retail for you know the next several years, if not decade. However, is this warranted? It's 
it's tough to say. It's really the only game in town. Them and probably Adobe, because Adobe has the other big platform for the back end of e-commerce sites. But uh, I think you've got to take some profits here. I'm no longer in it. I sold it a bit early. Um, but this is this is uh, some craziness for Shopify. I, I, and I, I love Shopify too. And, you know, I hear your comments on it, Ryan. It's, you know, for the reason, you know, some of your comments on our show, just talking, you know, about, you know, how everything is, you know, they the platform and how bullish you were, you know, made me buy the stock back there too. I sold it four days ago because it was like the stock went up a hundred percent in a week and a half. Um, it just yeah. feel like there's so much good news priced into this thing that I can't bring myself. I'm, I'm hoping to get it back. I still like the company. I just think, it's overdone and things can continue to get overdone. So I'm already regretting it as it looks like it's going to make new all time highs here this morning. Uh, but I mean, you got to analyze a few things and sometimes, you know, when you're right and you get a hundred percent here and obviously I held it for longer than that, but you know, you had a hundred percent move in a week and a half or two weeks. And sometimes it's not that bad of an idea to, to take some profits. I, I completely agree with you. I, I think that, yes, it is, it is the one game in town, and I think the CTO or the CIO last week, by posting that they were seeing Black Friday-like volumes, definitely uh, drove this thing higher, sure. but I, I, just, I just think that there's just too much good news into it. Uh, let's take the flip side of things. Uh, the companies that you think are getting hit hardest by this. I mean, uh, you could throw a lot in here. I mean, restaurants, you know, falling on, not really retail, their own sector. But, uh, you know, let's talk about like your coals and your, you know, that which has not been able to distance itself from the low. Target, which did stage a rebound off its low. That's Macy's. I mean, how much longer can Macy's hold on here? Talk about some of the big department stores. They're not all Walmart. Right. So I think we I think we've definitely seen an acceleration of what we've been we've been talking about for some some time now. You know, the strongest names in retail that have the nationwide brick and mortar with a you know a cost base that warrants it mixed with you know, an e-commerce operation that's strong, they they will continue to survive. They'll continue to do well. The guys that are caught with their pants down don't have the best e-commerce platform or they have way, way, way too many stores. Um, so, you know, those names are very obvious. JCPenney, Macy's, uh, Kohl's. I think what we're going to continue to see is until we know when these stores are going to open back up, if they don't have enough e-commerce to offset that brick and mortar weakness um, as well as whatever weakness comes to consumer spending after all these stimulus checks are spent, uh, then we're going to have, we're going to have some serious, serious trouble. Uh, you know, Neiman Marcus, JCPenney, I think foregone conclusion for bankruptcy on them. Macy's is now finally tapping their real estate. When we previously spoke, it was to tap real estate for, you know, major dividends or for reinvestments in the company, but now it looks like it's going to be for them just to stay alive. I think Kohl's hasn't been talked about as one that we should worry about, but it, it definitely should be added to the list. They only have a few more months uh, than, than Macy's does, even if Macy's taps their real estate, depending upon that valuation. But anything within the department stores, I just, I, I can't see anything positive uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, whether it's on the consumer spending side or just way, way, way too many stores and, and those stores that aren't even open. You know, 
earlier this week and, and last week, I popped by a few strip malls to pop my you know, eyes into the windows of, of the Marshalls and the TJXs of the world. And if you think about retail right now, they've been closed for so long. A lot of what I saw was Easter goods or swimwear, the types of products that, you know, once they close and once they open the doors back up, no one's going to want or they're going to need to severely discount, discount them. So it's just, wow. it's, it's it's just a very it's a very tough time for those guys that have all this brick and mortar that has been closed for so long. Um, you know, I can't I can't see a lot of uh, positive news. If if we think about fall and the upcoming, uh, you know, fall twenty where they tend to make the majority of their money or their best margins, I think the guys that are in off price. The, the TJ Maxx's, the Burlington's, the Ross's, if the customers come to buy, they're going to see a tremendous value because all of these brands, the Nikes, the Adidas, all the licensees and the wholesalers behind these brands are going to have to offload all of this time lost in, in selling that we've seen over the, the past couple months. So it's, it's going to be tough out there. So I think you just got to continue to focus on the e-commerce place. What about, let's talk about Amazon. Well, first of all, we're on the line with Ryan Craver, retail expert from founder of Commerce Canal. All right, so Amazon a few years ago, uh, they struck when the iron was hot. They bought Whole Foods, right? Now with this, all oh, this extra cash and equity and stuff and some of these other retailers on their heels, could you see Amazon going shopping, uh, you know, to pick up? I mean, some very, very cheap on the dollar brick and mortar, or you think they'll just uh, just keep all that cash for themselves? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I think that when everyone has talked about Amazon buying someone, the one name that continues to pop up is Kohl's. You know, Kohl's they are most in bed with because they have the return the free return free return policy. With that said, I. I can't see them wanting to do so, uh, even with the current environment. I think there could be a deeper partnership um, whereby potentially they give them more space within the store uh, to sell their goods. But I, I just can't, I can't see them wanting to pick that up at this point in time. I do not see them interested in Macy's. I don't think Macy's would be interested either um, or JCPenney, but Fast forward another four or five weeks, and we've got further liquidity problems for these retailers. I don't know. Maybe something pops up. Maybe something pops up. Ryan, what about the dollar stores here? It's sort of been a tale of two cities between Dollar General and Dollar Tree, but they're almost considered recession-proof uh, in, a, in a way. Uh, can you give us some insights here about where Dollar Tree and Dollar General stand here in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, I, I I kind of think their their run up has been overdone. Uh, still, uh, Dollar Tree, Dollar General, yes, they are technically recessionary proof to some degree. With that said, they've also lost all this time with with some of their stores being closed as well. Uh, some they they have said are essential, um, and they have kept a few open, not nearly as much as as the thousands of stores that they have. Um, I, I think, again, if you're going to play retail, uh, the money's going to go into Walmart, Costco, Target, and, and Amazon. 
so I think this run up in, in you know Dollar General specifically is is overdone. And then just uh, last thing before we let you go, broadly speaking here, what is your expectation for for consumer spending uh, in retail snapping back to previous levels? I mean, how long would that take, you think? Uh, no idea. <laughs> no idea. Uh, no. Okay. It's a tough question, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. No idea. I mean, I, I hope sooner rather than later, but when we're looking at some of these numbers like the 20% unemployment and stuff like that, yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be tough. With that said, if you look at all of our brands that we sell on Amazon, we definitely saw a strong reversal from what I call, you know, Friday, March 13th, which was the death of, of, of retail sales. That's the day in which everything moved from apparel and from clothing and stuff like that into the consumables when people started to get a bit crazy when they woke up and they saw that Trump had banned you know, European inbound travel. Um, as soon as those stimulus checks hit, there was a strong reversal. So I think people are now spending those stimulus checks. I think we have seen a blip since that value despair, but how soon that comes back post stimulus checks, I think it could be a long time. And uh, before we let you go, I uh, just want to talk to drugstores here. Uh, Walgreens, Boots, Alliance, barely off its low of the move. Uh, CVS, which had a nice run up, has come back down to earth, but uh, mounting a, you know, starting to mount a decent rally here off its low. Uh, you know, these stocks were in downtrends before everything happened. Is this just once again online competition, you know, coming in or what's your prospects here for CVS and WBA? Walgreens, Walgreens, I think is, is starting to get interesting, right? So it, it has been the one to your point, you know, it's been in a downtrend since probably 2015. Uh, I'm just pulling the chart again. Yeah, since 2015. So I think it's going to start to get pretty interesting. Um, they have lost share over time. They have tried to move into more um, health services than they were in before. So I think uh, they have made a lot of traction. With that said, they've lost their core market share from, from the guys like Amazon and, and Walmart and Target. Um, so I do actually like them uh, and, and would be interested in, in putting some money there, um, at least in the, uh, the short term. Ryan, just a real fast question from the chat. Do you follow Brunswick, BC at all? No, I do not. I yeah. apologize. I do F not. Figured out what to ask. All right, Ryan Craver is uh, our retail guru. He's the founder of Commerce Canal. Ryan, as always, thanks for the time, and uh, be safe out there. Thanks, Jens. You too. All right. Uh, so I've been making a point to get out uh, and drive uh, on the weekends and just to keep my car battery going and, and just get out of the house. And I was driving around yesterday and I drove past uh, four different Starbucks in my area. Uh, one of them was closed and the other three, the, the lines for the drive through at the Starbucks went through the through the parking lot. I was in one that was in a strip mall. I went to the other end of the strip mall for the line of the drive through for the Starbucks. So people need their Starbucks, I learned, this weekend. Shut down or not, uh, they're still going to Starbucks. I didn't know that. 
you got to have some sort of entertainment. You got to have something to look forward to. I almost, I almost was going to wait online because I, I thought I need to keep my car battery going. I, I need to drive around. I might as well just sit in line. I didn't do it, but I thought about it. It would have been like a forty-five minute wait probably. Jeez. But I when mean, do they report? When do they report? Good question. You know? uh, we can look it up. Let's find out. Let's look, let's I, look, I bet you it's up. coming up very soon. Uh, Starbucks is confirmed for, oh, the 28th. Wow. So they are really coming up. They are tomorrow, tomorrow. after the close. Tomorrow after the close. I mean, the bar is set low for everything. So, you know, your argument that, hey, maybe the Starbucks sales aren't going to be that bad. I mean, we know the first two and a half months of the first quarter was still pretty much business as usual for most businesses. It was the last couple of weeks got dinged in the, in the first quarter, and then it's what they're going to say about the second quarter. Uh, but, you know, the China stores, we know, they've said most of them are reopened now. Um, I don't know. The stock hasn't come all the way back. It could have a rally. I don't know if it's going to rally. It's, it's up a, a percent here today, but I could see, you know, if any dip on Starbucks, this would be another one. I would say if it dips on the report for whatever reason, I think there's buyers. So I'd be buying the dip on this. Boy, I haven't heard much about luck and coffee, huh? Is that ever going to reopen? They are uh, the Chinese authorities uh, raided their offices over the weekend, so um, that one's not going to come back for a while. Yeah. It... Okay. So we're we're off the board on LK for a while here. Four dollars and thirty nine cents. Where it went off the board. I mean, yeah. it's when you got fraud involved. How how do you you know you can't even analyze anything from a fundamental basis because you don't know what you can believe. So it sounds like it was significant fraud there too. So it's too bad for the LK shareholders. So I. What about this market, though? We're looking at crude here this morning. Now I'm looking at the June contract. I don't have the July in front of me, Joel. The June's down 23%. You got the July? Yeah, I, I, I actually, I'm actually following all months. What's the July? Where's uh, the July? It's, oh, it's having a good day. It's only down 12%. So July's holding up. June's down 23%. So in any regard here, crude's getting rocked. What if you go way out? How far do you have? You know, uh, I got out? August. August is down 9%. Yeah. And, uh, but I mean, what the, you know, the CME, uh, well, you know, basically what they did, uh, the September's down 7%. So the farther out you go, I mean, they basically said, hey, short, short to July, because we're not going to let you short to June. The June is for liquidating purposes only. So, I, I, you know, who knows what's going to, the expirations right around the corner. They're still keeping the premium in there because I think they're, they're, you know, they're waiting for, you know, the cutback in supply to finally kick in, which you really don't know for sure is going to happen, or at least some kind of uptick in demand here. But, um, yeah, they're still keep they're still baking those premiums into it. Uh, I did see that the, um, the storage uh, uh, front line, is that what it's called? Oh, that the storage, the tankers. Are, and did you, did anybody catch that Mad Money interview with uh, NAT CEO? On no, Friday night, the North Nordic American tankers. No, that guy that was an awesome interview. I, I wish I would have wrote down some of the highlights from it, but I can remember him saying like, "We're making so much money, yeah, right?" Yeah, now. he was. Uh, <laughs> he was. He, was, he, was pretty, he had an awesome accent. Did you he see pretty, it? He was pretty excited. He was pretty. He's so excited, and the stock just kept ripping as he kept talking, and uh, I was like, "Wow, that's." <laughs> <laughs> it's up 12 percent and obviously all the tankers are up here again this morning but it was a lot you know the move was on friday night when this north nordic american tankers he had such a strong accent it was one of the best interviews i've seen i was laughing out loud and there was other people commenting on twitter too that were watching it it was really funny and he was just talking he wasn't sure he's like 
he's we're just talking about raking in the money and <laughs> never seen business like this uh you know because obviously the storage facility for oil but they talked about the dividend he's like oh we're raking the money the dividends because they have a dividend actually on this one too so anyways the stock's up 13 percent this morning but if you look at these tanker plays they're all up again so as oil goes down, it seems like significantly these tanker plays are ripping. And if you just want a few of them, Frontline, Joel was saying FRO, STNG, a Scorpio yep. tankers. They're all up 6% plus. TK is up 5%. Um, there's some other ones. I have a whole list here. EURN, I believe, is one. I've never traded this one before, but somebody on Twitter has pointed out. It's trading up 5.3%. Um, if anybody else has some other ones, I've INSW. Is up nine percent. You know, it'd be ripping in this environment, but you know, it's not around anymore. Dry ships. Knew you were going to say dry ships. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> this would have been their environment. This we were waiting for it. Dry ships. And who are who are some of those other dogs that uh, used to? Oh, there was a whole bunch. A lot of them went off the board, I think. Yeah. But but there's still quite a few of them out there, and they're all ripping here again this morning. NNA is another one that is up seven and a half percent here this morning. So I think we just gave you about eight or nine of them. Yeah. Um, yep. there, there are significant moves in these things right now. And I guess tanking crude pun intended is good for these tankers. Yeah. I mean, is this, uh, I mean, the way this June is going down here now it's down 25%. I mean, it's just amazing with the way, uh, the way the market's holding up. We got a and few the- more there too. Oh yeah. These are all off the board. So Alec is showing, yeah, there was like TOPS was there for a while. I guess. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't, wasn't DCIX. Wasn't DCIX. I don't see that one anymore. I think it's gone. SHIP yeah. was one. Is that one gone now too? Oh no. Ship's still there, but it's only 16 cents. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know where a 16 cent stock can go. It's up 4% cause it's up point half of a penny <laughs> hard to get excited but when you look at you know these big ones this nat was uh, one of the catalysts from I friday night you, that's yeah. you so if you can go on cnbc and watch that mad money interview with this nat ceo it was really funny he the guy was the ceo is awesome i even tweeted jim Carrey like that's the one of the best interviews i've ever seen that ceo was awesome i don't know if it was stuff he was supposed to be saying but man he was positive on his own company we're raking it in. <laughs> <laughs> what, what country is he from? Is I don't he, know uh, where he's from. Well, NAT Nordic, Nordic. So no, okay, so Switzerland or somewhere uh, yeah. over there. Europe, All right, Europe somewhere. I don't. What, I, I feel uh, geography. Northern Europe. Northern Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Northern Europe. Sweden, Switzerland. Uh, but no, I mean, it's uh, it's a. We talked about this on the phone a couple of weeks ago, and uh, you know how these things were were perking up, and now what you're seeing with uh, yeah. the front month contract here. Uh, we got about two minutes to go here. S&P's had that little sprint over twenty eight sixty, and we've fallen back a little bit. I just wonder if it's going to be one of those days where. You know, I don't think we're going to see that pre-market low of 28.12.75. And sure, we're not far away from that pre-market high of 28.65. But just where you get one of those lazy days where a lot of the over, you know, the action was overnight. And uh, well, that's, that's been the way for a long time. The big moves have always been overnight. That's why I've moved to being an overnight <laughs> trader. We know that. I've, traded my whole, I've changed my whole trading style to overnight trading because the bigger moves are overnight. So, um, you know, I've talked about that on the show for years. Apple did uh, announce, I just want to say, um, there is some Apple news here. And if you're wondering why Apple uh, leaked there a little bit, Apple, this is from Benzinga Pro, Apple cut the number of flagship iPhone units being produced over July to December period by as much as 20%. That was actually reported from Dow Jones. It's in Pro there now. 
So um, Apple is barely up here this morning. It's only up uh, 25 cents um, because of that news. Okay, Spencer, any other news? I mean, we kind of skip over ratings here. But, no, uh, uh, the only other news is the, um, the Embraer-Boeing uh, deal looks like it's off uh, for now. ERJ is down around 14% off because of that headline, but the CEO did say that they have identified other cost-saving measures to offset the loss of revenue from this deal. Boeing was, remember, Boeing was supposed to buy the uh, commercial plane division of uh, Embraer. Uh, so that looks like it's not going to happen. Now, ERJ down, I guess, 12% now uh, on that headline. Save some cash, right? I mean, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I saw the other headline I wanted to get to, GM. Was it GM? I, I saw it go by really quickly. GM is uh, I think, spending, yeah. yes, spending their buyback program. Dividend's uh, gone, too. And the dividend, yep. So, yeah, dividend uh, is gone. So I, I guess the dividend was still there on GM. They've suspended the quarterly dividend. So not got rid of it, but they suspended it. So yep. it's not getting paid. 7.1% yep. gone. GM's trading down 50 cents. I mean, this is, again, I feel like ground zero stocks for this because who's going to buy a car? That's, that's you know, and maybe it's a Tesla. Obviously, Tesla, you know, it's performed very well, but I don't think people are going to the dealership sitting test driving a car right now and buying a car and we know their margins are so tight and you know they're spending dividends there this is the opposite of you know a cash rich tech stock that i'm talking about buying so i'm not interested in buying the dips on gm and no. Ford stocks like this this would be you know so they report you know difficult maybe as a trade you can buy dips but i'm not putting these ones in the long-term portfolio i put target in the long-term portfolio on the dip because you know what People are going to shop at Target, whether we're in a lockdown, come out of lockdown, they're probably going to shop and start doing apparel and they'll shop there more. But General Motors, Ford, we're in a lockdown for a prolonged period of time. Going to be major problems. All right. right. It balances, Dennis. It, uh, they buys. Buy side. Buys. Buy, Joel. Why? Why, uh, why, why, do I, why do I ask? Why do I Okay, ask? so ExxonMobil, obviously oil trained down 24% here this morning. ExxonMobil is only down 20 cents. It went... What, what what kind of market were we in when Exxon when when the oil June contract is trading down? It's it's funny. Like we talk about how is, you know the market is decoupled from reality. The oil stocks are starting to become decoupled from reality too. Oil's down twenty. June contract's down twenty four percent here this morning. Exxon Mobil's down twenty cents. And there's a big buy imbalance. Somebody says I got to own Exxon Mobil. Two hundred and seven thousand shares to buy. Chevron same story. Chevron's trading green. Oil's down 24%, June contract. Chevron's in the green, trading up. And uh, uh, 14 cents, got 115,000 to buy. If you go XLE, again, we're going to keep talking about it. You want to own, you want an exposure to oil, don't let it be in the USO. USO's down 10%. Here it's today. having a good day, Dada. It's only down 10%. It's a good day for USO. <laughs> XOP's down 1.7%, but you know what? They'll probably buy some of the dips in the oil companies. Remember, again, Diamond Offshore did declare bankruptcy here over the weekend. So that might Less spook a bit. But the big guns, right? the big guns, Exxon, yes, competition. The big guns, Exxon, Chevron, Conoco, all holding up fairly well. Exxon, Chevron, miraculously in the green on a day that June crude is down 24%. It's incredible. All right, I want to wrap it up here. If you missed any part of our show, catch the replay on YouTube or our podcast for a free trial and subsequent discount to Benzinga Pro. It's our real-time news terminal. Click on the link in the description of this video. Thank you to our guest, Ryan Craver. Thanks to all of you in our chats, both on YouTube and on premarket.benzinga.com. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes and not for investing or 
trading advice. Joel and I will be back with you at 3.40 until the close. In the meantime, everyone have a great rest of your day and be safe wherever you are. Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big